0: We want the dynamite from the post-wrestling site you,
1: lighting up the fuse Sit back and enjoy the bubbly As we hear from John and Wei Ting Where we're going, we don't need roads And if the buck stops, here, yeah, this thing might blow Everything you hear are opinions of the show Forbes, hello,
2: everybody, and welcome to Rewind to Dynamite. It is John Pollock, and back for the second consecutive week. You know them, you love them. It is Braden Harrington and Davey Portman from Up Next, and they are right here in the living flesh with us for Rewind to Dynamite. Hello, guys. Hello, 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 hello. Yeah, you may love us, or you might not, and that's okay. What was what was the response last week? I don't pay attention to feedback, so I, I, I don't know where was uh, it. Uh, my-
3: my were, favorite were they, was these guys are never coming back again <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: jokes on you yeah.
3: got the residency with post wrestling
2: no, uh, we've yeah. signed a long we've signed a long short-term contract <laughs> with uh, the services of Braden and, and davy so yeah we get used both- to it suckers this is my call i get to bring
1: whoever i want on wow we just want to have a good time and you know bring joy to the people and talk about some graps.
2: yeah can i tell you guys listen if if two people listen to the show, I don't care. I like to chat with you guys. So you know what? Anyone it's, else that wants to join so in? Yeah, you're welcome. To, you're welcome to pull up your earbuds and listen, or else you know what? You can uh, you can not. That's that's how we I'm had sure a blast there. last time. Yeah,
1: it was good fun. So we're excited. Yeah. And I mean, it, we can we can tell people we're going to have a fun night out. It sounds like John. We're going to see some wrestling live and uh, maybe a few times in the near future.
2: Did we talk about this last week or did we talk about? This I don't off think, think, the air? We I think we about talked about it off air. Off- air it. Off- yeah. but... Yes. So you and I, uh, the three of us, we are going to be going to Raw in a couple of weeks together. And then, so the, what, what week is it? It's not next week. It's the following Monday that Raw is here in Toronto. Uh, yeah. Once in a lifetime, Edge versus Damien Priest. Braden was like, I can't miss this. I need to see this live. So is said, that what's know, happening? Guys,
1: yeah. Wow. I saw, last time I was at Raw, it was Edge and saw Edge live. It was him versus Christian, like, probably. Which was uh,
2: referenced on Raw. On, well, actually, not the match was referenced, but the, his last match on Raw was twelve in Toronto. Hell of a qualifier was 12 years ago,
1: which I guess wow. you were at. I, I was at that one. Yeah.
2: Was that, was that the episode of Raw that Brett wrestled the Miz? Yes. They did something? Yes. Okay. Yes. I was at uh, that one then.
1: I was, okay, I, I, you right. can see me in the front row and uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm there. It's Brett beats Miz for the US title.
2: That's right. That's all Never I remember forget. from that, that taping. But you, uh, yeah. we didn't know each other at that point. I don't think. No,
1: no, no. I was just listening to you on the airwaves.
2: No, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, uh, well, there you go. And Davy was, um, <laughs> I, I guess, like what, sipping what's going tea. On I don't know, I don't doing something I was over there. Watching then. That
3: was definitely during my hiatus <laughs> yeah. when that happened. Wow. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. My, my One aim, and uh, I want to get you chanting with with us, John. Jeez. This is awesome. You, my, you guys you can get. One chance out view. I I think I'm.
0: I've never I'm gone to a tired. wrestling
2: show with Davey. Your opinion of me will be so low after the show. Like I'm going to be the most boring person to sit watching a wrestling show with. That by the end of it, you're we'll going to be telling Braden, you. you know what? The dead weight of these three is clearly <laughs> Pollock.
1: I think you have a better chance of John doing multiple shots of Sarac and Casamigos before Raw. Than I think they chanting. can come hand in hand. I mean, that's, true, that's yeah, that might be the key to getting him rowdy at a wrestling show. I'm, I'm just excited to see EO Sky. On Monday Night Raw, that's the draw.
2: What about Dakota Sky? Yeah, Dakota oh, yeah. Sky you, you, too. You, I saw it. You, I was pretty. You, you don't watch Raw, so it's so hard for these jokes to land. No, so.
1: no, no. I, I know what you're talking about. Okay, I get, the, I get the net. I get the
2: net. And how do you uh, how do you follow Raw? I know you don't listen to our podcast, so how do you keep up to it? That's not true.
1: That's not true, John. I, I do listen to you, but sometimes you just don't know. I'm in the I'm in the rafters listening. Uh, but no, I, I usually if I don't watch uh, Raw or SmackDown or or sometimes if I do not check out a show man twitter is the easiest way to like catch up on on all things they put up clips that are like three minutes long or they put up something in 30 seconds and you can figure out what's happening but i mean i i love uh wrestling twitter can be bad and good sometimes but that's how you're you're referencing bailey kind of slipping up but then turning it right away and being like i know i messed up you marks good stuff
2: well uh yeah so that will be uh coming up in a couple of weeks and and for that week uh Braden and I are going to do a review the, the Tuesday morning uh, because it, it's going to be a, ve- a very late night for me to uh, – for all of us to go to one place and record and then upload and such. So we're just going to do it Tuesday morning. Unfortunately, Davey has to work on the Tuesday morning, but Braden will be uh, with me, which should be an adventure in and of itself of seeing if Braden <laughs> can wake up Tuesday morning or if I'll just be alone by myself doing a well,
1: review. Well, yeah. Wait a second. That means you don't have to record Monday night, John. So you're saying after Monday night. We know a great Monday night karaoke spot that's open till two, John. We got you. Don't worry. We'll have a great time.
2: Um, I will weigh that with uh, putting a pencil through my eye. (laughs) We'll see which one wins out. All right. Uh, But we have lots to to get to. Uh, You guys uh, just put up up next on Tuesday night. There's also a brand new Behind the BDE that I understand has dropped for uh, all all the patrons out there. Uh, The hottest show in the whole universe.
1: Uh, Wei Tang's favorite podcast of all time. He says that a lot. I don't know if he just says that to me or you know publicly, but uh, that's the World Champ exclusive show where me and Davey definitely uh, get way too uh, personal and talk about some private. We talked about uh, this week. We got into some ramblings about people who wanted, who like astrology. And then we somehow t- started just revealing how awful we were to teachers growing up. So, yeah, it was a fun mm. podcast. And then
3: somehow we're talking about Ricky Lake. It, it goes all over the place.
1: Yeah, that's the World Champ show. But the World Champs get to pick stuff. And we actually got to record a show that's coming out this weekend with World Champ, who picked Rumble in the Bronx, 1995 Jackie Chan action movie that played on TBS a whole lot. So we got that review coming out as well. But uh, that was a ton of fun. Uh, kind of out there
3: for for wrestling. But, uh Yeah. And we're also talking about Heatwave 98 because we got NXT Heatwave coming up next week. Yeah. So we thought we'd tie it in with one of the highest-reviewed ECW shows.
1: It's, it's up there. Everyone always says, like, that's one of the best ECW shows of all time. So we're taking a look at that in honor of NXT Heatwave next week, which we'll also be covering on Up Next, which has a few matches that definitely catch, catch our attention.
2: When you guys go back and watch an old ECW show, do you watch it on the network or do you try and find kind of an authentic version with the music and everything?
1: We tend to watch it on the network. Um, but like when we do we do a show called Best Match Ever too, where sometimes we have like a playlist of best matches from people. Sometimes I find it's quicker to find the matches you're looking for if you just Google it. And through those ways definitely you see the music isn't dubbed. Yeah, the
3: music's things. such a big part of it yeah. and it is it's just so convenient to use the network, but it does suck for especially like those Sandman entrances. And white stuff zombie. Like that. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah you can you, you gotta splurge for white zombie when the, the occasion do. calls for it.
3: Always.
1: Always splurges for White Zombie.
2: All right. You, you can catch all of that stuff out. Uh, over on this end, uh, man, my day is spinning. At, at some point today, I did a G1 show uh, because there was a card earlier today, which feels like hours and hours ago, uh, that I put up with Mike Murray. So we have uh, shows up with Bruce Lord from Tuesday, Mike Murray today, and then uh, coming up this week for patrons at postwrestlingcafe.com. MCU Later is back on Thursday night as WH Park will be joined by Rich Van and John Cena, and they're going to be talking all about She-Hulk, so look out for that. It should be uh, a ton of fun. And then Friday night, I'll be joined by Kate from Montreal with Rewind to SmackDown, going through SmackDown, and about 85 segments they promoted for Rampage coming up on Friday night for Quake by the Lake Part 2 this week. And then into the weekend we go, and Karen Peterson and I will be doing a show Sunday night, uh, which will be covering both G1 shows this weekend, and we're going to make this one a free show for everybody. So if you've been marginally following along with the G1, we will get you all caught up to speed as they go into the final week of the tournament. And that was on my list here of questions for you guys. How much or how little of G1 have you been following? It seems to be one that, you know, I I think it's certainly one that is kind of flying under the radar in comparison to like peak years of the g1 but is this one uh coming across your radar in any significant way or, or not quite
3: very little to be honest mm. i watched the i watched the first two shows and then very quickly fell out of it um i we did just watch before dynamite tonight the osprey shingo match because that was one i did want to see that was tonight. the best
2: match of the tournament i think yeah
3: that and was awesome. i'm uh, I've been following through through you and your uh, your shows with everyone,
2: but kind of that's the right goes- answer, Brayden, Just by the yeah. way, if you're if you're taking notes, hey, I always cherry
1: pick the G one, but this year is the first time since like for forever I'm just definitely not uh, as invested. But I I still will cherry pick like Davey today was like, hey, let's let's try watching this. I heard it's really good, so we did. And I was yeah, anytime Osprey and Shingo tie up, like it's awesome. So I definitely will check other stuff out, but I feel the most. I'm definitely, I, I call me fickle wrestling fan. I, I, I think it's so sad that they still can't get the crowd cheering in full capacity. And I get it. Still pandemic era, I guess. But it, it's definitely, like, I think the wrestlers are really vocal on social media about it. And it, it definitely like, would add something to kind of make people maybe feel a bit interested. But the way I, I'm a little dragged out is because they, they put a lot of their eggs and baskets on a lot of the certain guys that I just don't really, that don't hit for me. Like I know, we moved away from the evil attempt there and all that other stuff, but it feels like they're they're rehashing a lot of their a lot of rematches.
3: Well, that we were kind of talking earlier while watching this. Uh, what is Wrestle Kingdom? Like, what do you see as the big match? And none of them sound particularly appealing yeah. to me. And that's another reason why I can't really get into this tournament because I can't. They're going to do. I'm two not nights. really emotionally invested for any of them. And if they're doing this they'll probably do another kind of tournament thing. Like they've done the last couple of years. They've made the G one mean less
1: with that stipulation, like the first night, the winner and and so forth. But I don't know, like there's, there's a few things. Also FTR is the, the tag champs. Like what's, are they going to be involved in the wrestle kingdom? There isn't any other tag teams really that are hot enough to like make it sound like this big hyped up match if they were to be on the card. So I, I'm a little uh, not as invested as I usually am in G in, in new Japan, but I'll, I'll definitely get back in for towards the finals and cherry pick.
2: Yeah. I'm kind of curious to see how many people kind of check in for the last three nights, at least, even if they haven't been following along the tournament, I would say like, there's been, there's been some very good wrestling in in the tournament. I don't think it's at like the highest level of quality in terms of just consistency where you were getting so many high quality shows uh, in years past. And I guess, you know for some like the clap crowd is going to be a deterrent, and I think the volume of wrestling that 's out there is just a lot on people, like regardless of the pandemic when you 're getting so much wrestling on a weekly basis it 's hard to kind of shoehorn in an extra three to four shows per week that the g one is churning out for people even even if it 's based off of you know uh, a reputation of quality stuff so uh, anyway, we will be uh, continuing to cover uh, those shows, so check out postwrestlingcafe.com. And we're going to get into some of the news items, and I wanted to start off with uh, the passing of judo Gene LaBelle. Uh, Brayden, you want to tell us about uh, his life and career? Hey, uh, I don't know
1: a whole lot about Gene LaBelle, but I do know a few things, because uh, I love l- hearing stories about celebrities and possible celebrity fights that did or did not happen and uh, i'm i'm not a big fan of steven seagal and there's a lot of stories out there where steven seagal says he kicked so-and-so's ass and so forth and van damme and all this stuff but there is a great story out there about gene labelle basically putting allegedly putting steven seagal
2: let's put heavily in in allegedly because i mean gene labelle like a very a very uh you know, wonderful figure, but also someone that was his own kind of hype man. And I think a lot of these stories you kind of do take with a a grain of salt. I mean, Steven Seagal, I was looking this up because I was familiar with the story, but yeah. not all the details. Seagal has literally sworn on his children. This did not happen. So, I mean, Gene <laughs> LaBelle, like he is from an era where he was his own biggest, you know, promoter as well so a lot of these stories sometimes you know it's um it's fun to think about them uh, but the legitimacy of them have definitely been brought into question over the years
1: well, to, to like echo that is the same thing because i know the story of uh quentin tarantino with once upon a time in hollywood same brad, thing yeah, yeah brad pitt's character is basically based on gene labelle and then there's like a a, a a scene in the movie where bruce lee you know kind of gets beat up and a lot of people were like hey that's kind of not cool but apparently
2: that's kind of basically yeah, loose Quentin Tarantino one. is always stuck by it, but yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that's another story that's, you know, it, it has certainly been, been brought up in terms of its uh, accuracy as well. But I mean, like I, I read a uh, wrote a pretty lengthy story up on the site so if you want to go uh, check that out but this is somebody that I mean he was born in 1932 and just the the amount of eras that he uh, encompassed like this is someone who did learn under Ed Strangler Lewis and in recent years I mean was their cage side at UFC fights for Ronda Rousey like just think of the ground that covers in terms of uh what, what this guy like the influence that he had in so many different industries uh, from judo to boxing to the earliest incarnations of what mixed martial arts would become and he was the referee for the Muhammad Ali and Tony Onoki fight that took place in 1976 and if you guys pull up his IMDB I mean I guarantee you it's just a list of just an incredible amount of projects that he was attached in like um you have probably seen this guy in anything in any kind of big a movie production or a television show that had anything to do with fighting. Uh, he was probably involved in it in some form or fashion through his stunt work and on camera work. Like this guy had a speaking role in raging bull. Uh, he was on the green Hornet with, uh, with, with Bruce Lee as well. I could just go into all of those different credits. There was the famous Milo Savage fight of 1963, which this was a, a mixed rules fight of pretty much judo versus boxing and this aired on network television and this is 30 years before the first UFC event and he he choked out Milo Savage um so that that was like a huge deal at the time in in 1963 and then there's the whole professional wrestling connection with his family involved in the LA office where he was kind of like the muscle in that territory if any guys kind of got out of line and had that entire world so I mean his career just covers so many different industries and what you can go in depth with in but there's not a whole lot of guys in terms of like a a callback to that era of you know grappling and judo and the people he was involved with, so a pretty significant figure that I definitely encourage people to go research and learn about and uh Braden, if you see this guy's uh, i m d b page uh, you'll be astounded i mean yeah it's he stacked. was. In, it's it's insane when you when you look at all of them, like, you know, like a long list of them, but then you're just skimming through. It's like, wow, he was in that he was in this. He was like you have just it's a he had such a famous face as well that just really stood out as as playing that role as kind of like your bully or tough guy, uh, even into his uh, later years. I mean, he was 89 uh, at the time of his passing. So quite the life that judo Gene LaBelle uh, lived. So uh, and I mean,
1: that... the the, the LaBelle lock,
2: right? Of course. Yeah. You had not just like the the Ronda Rousey tie in recently, but the LaBelle lock named after him because, uh, when Daniel Bryan was training at Extreme Couture, uh, one of his coaches there was Neil Melanson, who was another guy that, that learned under Gene LaBelle. So you're right. You have even like that tie-in uh, today. I- I'd be very interested to see if we get any kind of on-screen kind of nods towards Gene LaBelle from either Bryan Danielson or Ronda Rousey over, you know, the next, uh, the next time they're wrestling and any callbacks uh, to that. So uh, Why not? there you go. Shayna you can...
3: Shayna put out a tweet as well, and she's going to have a big match coming up soon, hasn't she? So totally that's right tribute
2: there the latest on the uh the vince mcmahon uh unreported payments so wwe put out uh, another uh announcement on Tuesday uh, stating that the company has determined that two additional payments totaling $5 million unrelated to the allegations that led to the special committee investigation that Mr. McMahon made in 2007 and nine should have been recorded in the company's consolidated financial statements together. Those unrecorded expenses now total $19.6 million. The company has evaluated the unrecorded expenses and has determined that such amounts should have been recorded as expenses in each of the periods in which they became Probable and estimable. So um, this is just the latest. I I don't know how much you read into the line about these being unrelated to the investigation. If these are separate payoffs, if these are just other expenses that he made for for other endeavors that that weren't uh, reported, but nonetheless it tacks on to a figure that continues to grow and grow, and now has hit nineteen point six million dollars. While this investigation is, to our knowledge, still ongoing, and the findings of which I I think everyone is, is very curious to see like how much more they are uncovering in, in terms of all of this. I, I think there's reason to look at this and this might only scratch the surface.
3: Yeah. I feel we're going to hear this kind of every couple of weeks and this figure is just going to keep going up and up. But um, that's why you
1: released all these people over the years. You had to get rid of
3: <laughs> some of the, the payments. Yeah. That's
1: just, it just keeps going. It's like, it's not even shocking now that this, this comes out at every few it was every, every. It was every few weeks. Now it's like every other day. It's like people keep bringing this stuff up. It's.
3: It's. I don't know if it's going to end in the next little while. How long keep WWE keep on distancing themselves as long as this is going
2: on? Yeah, I. I think that's it, Davey. And like, how much do you see this sticking to the company? Because I mean, th- they are really not being. They are not taking um, a- any of this backlash. It seems like this is separate now. On Vince, he has left the company. Um, but, but at the same time, like he is so closely associated. But, I mean, do, do you see this being a detriment at all to WWE's short or, or long-term future?
3: No, not really. Uh, I mean, they've just had one of their best roars in years, haven't they, rating-wise? And as long as they're making these companies money and people are still watching, yeah. I don't really see how it would. They've already done the changes. Like, he's, he's out um you're out norman I, I can't see what what benefit would do to really
1: it's it yeah know? Like, it seems like they've totally don't they don't they want to move forward and, and go forward and not kind of mention it so it is kind of like separating it so if there is any more bad press and all these more stories come out in wall street journal this and that like they'll be distance. like well we're not with fins anymore and he, that's an issue that they've got to solve whatever but we're just you know we're just we're just being us, but I mean, really, this is all, we're all figuring out what was in that lockbox all those years ago. So it all makes sense.
2: Uh, next uh, up, we have just a, a couple of ratings notes. So Monday's raw, um, while it wasn't at the level of last week coming out of SummerSlam, they, they still finished first on cable, uh, 1,956,000 viewers, a point five four in the demo. So down 12% from the week before, uh, maybe interestingly the third hour uh beat the first hour it's it's usually the the third hour is your lowest but um it was it was hour one that was the lowest so when kevin owens was talking about all these eyes being on the product he did choose the wrong hour to do his attack on ezekiel for maximum exposure i guess he wanted uh should have been aiming for that second hour sweet spot i mean
1: uh, yeah, i'm nxt i mean hasn't moved too much but raw moving around like that makes sense but i want while well, just to jump in on ratings, John, I feel like we owe you an apology for 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 downplaying the the ratings draw of Tony Niece and Mance Warner, <laughs> Warner. <laughs> and um, Josh Wood. Josh Wood, sorry. Yeah, I'm. I mean, it highest rampage in over a month. I, I, we were we so were sorry. Like, we were so wrong. Who
3: knew Madison Rain? Eh?
1: a zero point four seven. It's just crazy.
2: Hey, if, if a forest uh, – you got to see the, the forest from the woods. I think, I think that's the key when it comes to the pitch numbers.
1: Because it doesn't really matter when wrestling fans get get funny about uh, ratings. Because every time you look at ratings, you look at, look at wrestling ratings and then you look at Guy Fieri ratings. And then you're really talking about ratings. Because drive-ins and dives and dash and dodge uh, still, still beat it.
2: Well, uh, speaking of – the product that you guys cover every week, uh, NXT, uh, did 597,000 viewers, a point one four, a pretty standard number for for NXT. I don't think uh, there's much that jumped out other than uh, women 18 to 49. For some reason, this was a show they were heavily turned off by. A 41% drop from last week. And this would be, I think this was tied for their lowest in that, in that demo for the entire year. So I don't know what it was about uh, this episode that uh, turned them off. But it, it was very low in that category. Other than that, it was a pretty standard number for them. And this is gearing up for next week's Heat Wave special where we're going to see uh, Braun Breaker against um, the guy who's getting like um, – what, what a video package that was.
1: Acupuncture. Acupuncture. He's American psycho basically
2: I, I think. Yes. J.D. McDonough. So uh, do, do, you, do, do you sense like they have, uh, they have promoted this well for, for next week?
3: I think it actually looks like one of their better – TV specials. I think with, uh, I think they've done an all right job with uh, the JD McDonough, Bron Breaker thing. It feels a bit of a different feud. Definitely an improvement on the Joe Gacy feud for mm-hmm. sure. Um, I think Carmelo Hayes, um, uh, Giovanni. Oh yeah. sounds awesome. That's the match I'm interested in. Yeah, uh, for sure. That sounds really good. And I think there's uh, some interest in what happens with Santos. Is this his goodbye from NXT? Yeah. Uh, I, I think they've actually put together quite a nice card for uh, for wrestling for next week, uh, and I am interested.
2: Uh, just so, so, some quick uh, news items that just uh, popped up today. So Rick Flair uh, spoke with Conrad Thompson about his last match, uh, noting that there was tw- two times that he like blacked out essentially during the match, and attributing it to dehydration. So uh, this this was semi concerning when he had said it at the time, but giving you know actual credence here to this and the fact that he wanted everyone just to slow down during the match so he uh, in an impromptu spot he decided to do the heart attack tease um just thought of it off the top of his head like that's just what he went to as an idea uh to slow everything down and i mean he, he really tried to like paint this as like hey this is nothing to be concerned about this was just uh you know i was dehydrated and such but listening to this i mean I 100% think like this man should not be doing anything physically anymore inside of a wrestling ring. Uh, But but I cannot guarantee that. I think anyone that's saying, oh, well, this this is clearly, clearly the last time he's wrestling. Like I just – if there's one thing about Ric Flair, it is like this guy has an obsession with performing. And I just wonder like the high of this will eventually come down and in six months – Will that itch be back? And what's stopping him from trying this again in a year? Um, But it was – like that was a pretty scary match to watch. And I I can't say my concerns were alleviated by hearing him actually describe in detail uh, what he was going through in that match. But Like, you know, going out twice. He said he was cutting weight. Like, why? (laughs)
3: Dude, it's (laughs) he He was wearing a T-shirt anyway. He said he really wanted to cut to 220. So just didn't drink water that day. day. And dropped to 217. And then – is doing his first match in years. Like watching it, it you just can, sounds it, it sounds insane. Watching it, you saw him pass out. You Legit, do. one at least the first time.
1: Like you saw, he was out for sure. The heart attack thing was twisted, but it's Ric Flair and it's wrestling. But the funny thing is, afterwards, and this in these interviews and all this stuff, he's going on about like, "Yeah, I wish I uh, wish I didn't say it was my last match." Dude, what? That was the whole thing. <laughs> like, yeah. It's over. Like, let it go. And now he's doing stuff in, like, Puerto Rico. And it's like,
3: what are you I doing? Co- I completely get it, though. Like, that is, that is as you said, John, like, his high. And you get to this point in life. I mean, the guy's almost died, what, two plane, like, accidents? Two he's times had, just now in a match. two <laughs> times in a match just now. Like, if it's if that's your love and that's what you want to do, and you know, hey, I might not be long left for this world, I get it. Like, I get why performers want to feel that one more time. And it's not that they're going out there to have a five-star match. Because, I mean, for most fans, the story ended with Sean. You know, that was a perfect goodbye. But that's for us watching. For him as the performer, and that's his his buzz, his high, I I can totally see him wanting to do it again. Yeah, chasing the dragon.
2: It, it's it's kind of what it is. I mean, it's, um, you know, I, I, I just think that you... It's very hard for these performers to kind of replicate this um, in civilian life. And I think Ric Flair, it's been among like the hardest for. I mean, some people, it's, you know, just their health is such that they, I- I'm sure for many, it's almost a relief when they're told physically, you cannot do this anymore. And then the decision is taken away from you. But in pro wrestling, there's always the shortcuts you can take and smoke and mirrors. And if you have a name, there is a promoter that will want to, to book you and I just question that in six months from now and Ric Flair feels he's in good enough shape I mean is that is that itch going to come back again? I mean th- this guy had one of the greatest send offs in, in history uh, 14 years ago um, but you know he he wanted to come back and anyway I, I really hope that th- this is all fantasy and that he does not try this uh, ever again. I'm pretty sure it was on Renee's podcast where he was talking because he, he swore
3: off alcohol after his near death experience a while ago he said i'm never drinking again and then on the podcast he's like yeah i have some beer and wine now it's it's like i'm not going to give up something i love i just got to be a bit more careful with it and you you could see exactly the same with the wrestling
1: well i just saw that he's launched his own cannabis line okay so i mean maybe he's switching he's switching over he's realizing the more healthy way i think i think he's i saw it was called rick flair drip okay
2: Well, you get back to us on that, Braden.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Can you get me a a media media pass copy, John? And I'll be I'll review it for your your listeners. Uh, I
2: I don't think I I think you can more than handle that. (laughs) Uh, And the last one here was more so something that Tony Khan shut down. So I guess there was this panel over the weekend and Dustin Rhodes had suggested that they might be moving to these two day pay-per-view events, which uh, Tony Khan went out of his way today on Busted Open to bring this up and refute that this is not something they are discussing or moving towards. So. I was more so curious from you guys if if you think this would ever have any viability, e- even as just once a year, um, because we do talk sometimes about the, you know the the length of their pay per views and an audience that you know you're asking them to spend money four times a year. That if they were once a year to do double double or nothing uh, and do back to back nights, like would there be enough of an audience? You think that that would go for something like this with with two? kind of loaded three-hour shows or is this just a a concept that you would not like to see them entertain that the current format works
1: yeah uh, i feel like they could do it maybe once a year if they're treating it like like they announced because
2: mania mania is the one that it has greatly benefited from being split in half but um you're also talking about a subscription fee you're paying that covers it this would be you know pr- unless you have a streaming about. deal in place like Great. the idea of two pay-per-views like that might be a bit of resistance from your audience but maybe not i mean i wonder if they could do something like
3: uh we've seen uh like with NXT when they did one on tv one on the network yeah, could exactly. you have like a special 2 hour live rampage on tv yeah. or something like that and then the next night you have part 2 so like all out part 1 on the friday all out part two. On they the do Saturday. it
1: already. They're, they've announced their first Toronto show, and for those who know, it's the Wednesday and the Thursday. So mm-hmm. I mean, that's two days right there. I, obviously, it's not a huge arena, but it's still so. Like, I think going to the pay per views or things that are so long can like hurt the show. So I mean, why not split it up? But I don't think doing that every time is the would be the right thing. But it would probably these, be a we-
2: lot. But- yeah, it's like it's an experiment that like you, you look at it on the surface and you just like this roster is loaded. You could certainly fill up two nights and potentially have like, you know, two very strong cards. I don't think anyone is doubting that. And I I think that like especially for traveling fans, you throw in it's going to be a Saturday night and a Sunday night for many people like that makes a weekend out of it for them as well. Like I I don't dismiss it out of hand as maybe an idea once a year, but it sounds like Tony Khan is not moving in this direction at all. But I mean, these you have so many guys on your roster and then it comes pay-per-view time that it's just trying to fill all these guys onto a show. And you're, you know, this is obviously going to be people left out on certain pay-per-views.
1: They're doing it for all out. I mean, Chicago, right. They're doing it three days at that arena, so they're kind of already doing Yeah, people it. are already traveling. They're already doing People it.
3: are going to yeah.
0: go and see it. Yeah. It's
3: mm-hmm. whether, as you said, you can sell two nights of pay-per-view. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: This post-wrestling podcast is brought to you by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Financial literacy can be daunting, but it's one of the most valuable things you can equip yourself with. On NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast.
2: All right, well, let's get into Quake by the Lake at the Target Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, we're not wasting any time. Boom, we are off and running with the coffin match, kicking things off between Darby Allen and Brody King. And Darby jumps Brody during his entrance. Very hot crowd at the beginning here. And Darby's attacking him with the skateboard full of tacks and almost immediately Brody King is sliced open on the forehead and my god this guy was just leaking blood throughout this match I mean this was uh, 13 and a half minutes and for 13 of it his his forehead was just ravaged (laughs) he dropped so much blood in in this particular match I mean this this was pretty extreme Uh, Darby misses with the skateboard hitting the post and he's tossed over the timekeepers table and then Brody King stomps the skateboard in half i mean uh a very a very uh, quite the gesture here by one brody king so there's a code red off the turnbuckle by by darby he's just getting tossed all over the place and then the lights go out and while the lights are out the announcers are well it's it's got to be the house of black this has got to be house of black related the lights come on it's the House of Black. Yes, it was Buddy Matthews returning Whoa. alongside Malachi Black. But it is Julia Hart who is on the opposite side of the ring. And I guess she's going to trip Darby, who um, this is not the cleanest trip spot. But I guess it was enough to get Darby's attention. Uh, Malachi and Matthews attack. Uh, we saw uh, Buddy use... uh well, what was uh, Murphy's Law, and then King hits a cannonball, putting Darby through a table. The whole crowd is chanting for Sting, and there is Buddy Matthews on the floor, and he opens up the coffin, and there is Sting inside of the coffin, which would have been really awkward if Darby was like, controlling this match and setting up uh brody for the the end here and he just opens it and (laughs) uncle sting what are you doing in here have you been here all day uh but the crowd went nuts here for sting as he got out he destroyed matthews and king and then rolls the bat to malachi who opts not to use the bat and he just walks out now uh for you guys, who had the better handoff of the bat tonight? Was it Sting or Sammy Guevara?
3: <laughs> oh, easily Sting. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's the rolling technique that was a uh, mm. m- much much preferred here rather than the the long over toss. Uh, Sting's also got this makeup around his left eye to represent the mist from Malachi Black, and we get a big dive by Darby, and he gets Brody King's chain, and it ends with uh, Darby choking Brody off the apron, much like they did with with the Battle Royal spot, only now it was reversed with King being choked, and then King drops to the ground and pops into the coffin, which Taz notes... Talk about a perfect bounce as he bounces off the floor and right into the targeted area in the coffin, and it ends in thirteen twenty-seven.
3: It was though it didn't look like he was. Oh, I better fall this way. It was done.
2: He He did bounce. It was like yeah,
3: and and the lid just happened to close. Like I I thought they did it very nicely.
2: I, I thought this was an excellent opener. These coffin matches are always insane from Darby Allen. This, this was no different. He is now 3-0 and in these coffin matches. But my God, this crowd was super hot. They threw in Sting in this whole thing. Um, it advanced the story somewhat. I think people were probably expecting Miro to get involved here. But you've got weeks. You could uh, do that as well. Uh, but yeah, th- this was a pretty violent opener. But uh, an entertaining I mean, one too.
1: Violent. I mean, okay. Three minutes into Dynamite there was Brody King leaking blood. So three minutes ago, a family at home are watching Big Bang Theory on TBS. Three minutes later, there's blood everywhere. I love it. Uh, I thought that was pretty sweet. Like, the commentators were like, "Uh, welcome to the
3: show. I don't think there's been a crazier first, like, couple of minutes of a dynamite ever. It was Um, pretty wild. Great way to start the show.
1: I also liked when Sting got out of the thing. He he got out so casually. He was he was cash Sting. Uh, Buddy Matthews didn't even really sell it. He just stared at him.
3: Yeah, I felt <laughs> I felt Buddy should have maybe gone for him and he'd have jabbed him in the throat cuz he's just very slowly climbing out of It's
1: topic. better when when Sting had 2.0 uh, reacting to Sting cuz they would just sell it, like just being Sting, right? So, but uh, I thought it was a pretty sweet opener and so so much blood. Wow. All over Azumi's hoodie. Damn.
2: So, do you guys see this being a, a six-man? Miro gets involved. Is this is that the easiest direction of where where this goes? And we get a you know Sting you know repelling off of some large area <laughs> at uh, all out
3: off a tank with well, Miro. House of Black are in the trios tournament, aren't they? Um, yes. So, but I guess they could be knocked Miro out first could round due to Miro or something like that, and you could go to that six-man True.
2: Moxie does a promo in the back. He says. You know, he he clearly has an issue with Jericho constantly calling this the interim belt. He said, well, we have the FTW title. Maybe we can call this the FYI belt. And I don't think it stands for for your information. Mm -hmm. It was forged in Cincinnati. It's about pain and how much you can endure. Jericho is the last survivor of the heart dungeon. And either your fighting spirit will uh, break or your body will uh, tonight. So. This is just kind of our standard John Moxley is pissed promo, which he he is very adept at at cutting on a routine basis uh, to set this up. And then we go to Jericho, who's got—we um, got him from the waist up, and he's in the classic uh, Lionheart vest. He's all clean-shaven and explains that Stu Hart was not a lovable man. He was a sadist and a violent man, and he's going to stretch the shit out of John Moxley, guaranteeing he will be the next champion. And one thing I did like about this main event is that sometimes on AEW, like, you've got your lineup, you know what's coming up, but it's just— on to the next segment next segment they really promoted this throughout the show like with promo time you heard from like the jericho appreciation society like i i thought they made this feel like a a bigger than usual main event for the show
3: even branding it moxley versus jericho two. yeah Yeah. makes it feel like a big deal and it it definitely we've had some great matches on dynamite over the years but um uh, in recent months i mean but this definitely felt that level of kind of you know, Kenny almost. Danielson Danielson yeah. hangman like they built this up as a huge main event i thought they did a really good job i love and the way both too. guys are just awesome promos i love the promos I, I like when AEW get like unique with their graphics
1: leading up to a dynamite or a show they they get pretty cool with mm. it they mix it in with movie stuff like this had like a lake with skulls and stuff it was cool
2: mm-hmm. yes um Maybe it was it was either this or they were going to do Jake by the lake, maybe with uh with Roberts. Oh yeah, where's he
1: gone? I don't know. With Jake Hager. But you could have Jake, both Jakes by the lake. <laughs> uh,
2: next week, Dr- Dynamite is going to be sponsored by the the Game of Thrones spinoff House of Dragon, and oh. uh, yeah, so I, I mean, if nothing else, this is like a another big kind of branding opportunity of uh, AEW being a uh, part of the the larger family as, as a as a whole. So lots of, uh, lots of dragons that we're going to have next. Sorry. Week the I'm, show.
3: A, I'm a bit slow here, but now you could call the Toronto show Drake by the lake. Could you not? Oh. Drake by the lake. Have him
2: come down. Yeah. Yeah. It's we, not too late. It's not too late.
3: Uh, yes. Toronto, Toronto events have been having
1: some bad luck actually, uh, lately. So they should be careful. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. I
2: feel- Imagine Rogers goes down when uh, AEW comes exactly oh, for the long like, well, wait. <laughs> I don't know. Like Toronto
1: people are understanding what I mean, but there's just been a curse this summer with events and things not going to plan in in
2: Toronto. But yeah, if yeah. if you're outside of the country and just hurt like to to the level like this, this messed up a weekend concert uh, that that night. Which imagine what the gate was for? Where, where was that? Was that at Scotia Bank? Rogers, Rogers Center,
1: right outside our, our apartment. Yeah. I-
2: I think we had this conversation last week, so I'm, Maybe. I'm, I'm, re- I'm recycling conversations, but uh, anyway, but yeah,
1: and uh, now I forget what we were saying, but good stuff so far.
2: <laughs> then they release the brackets for this trios tournament. So get a, get a load of, of this lineup for yeah. the, the uh, teams that are going to be part of it. It's an eight trios t- uh, tournament uh, on one side of the bracket. It will be the death triangle against Will Osprey and Aussie open. So Ospreay is going to come out of the G1 and then he's into this. Uh, they will face the winners of Andrade, Roosh, and Dragon Lee, who will take on the Young Bucks and a mystery partner. That match is taking place next week to kick off the tournament. And then on the right side of the bracket, it's House of Black against the Dark Order, which we would later learn will not include Hangman Page. He will be in their corner. Um, but they did not identify who the three uh, of the Dark Order members it will be. And then the best friends against the Trustbusters. Who? Who <laughs> <Ooh>, are the Trustbusters? <laughs> This is, uh, this is a shot in the fraud. dark
3: every Wednesday. John that's, Ceno telling you all the stuff you need to know. That's
2: it. You want, you want to know all about uh, Slim Jay and Parker Boudreaux and Ari? Uh, John Ceno has, has you covered. Um, tr- Trustbusters aside, obviously, like, it's kind of the new act, I think, that, that they're trying to introduce. But nonetheless, this tournament looks pretty damn incredible when you consider some of the pairings that you're likely to see. Like, just the idea of... Osprey and Aussie open against Death Triangle. You've got Dragon Lee, which I don't know how many people expected that uh, for all of this. And the natural speculation of who mm-hmm. the Young Bucks partner is, is going to be is I hear the battle cry. Well, I think if it's not, I think there's no one else that it won't be a letdown for. Like, I think they've they've almost uh, told you it's got to be uh, Kenny Omega, which if so, uh, you're looking at the potential of Kenny Omega being in the ring with uh, Dragon Lee, with uh, the winner of like the Osprey team and Death Triangle on on route, and would certainly be, I think, your favorites going to to the finals, regardless of uh, the partner situation.
3: Well, I mean, what's the situation with uh, Undisputed? they're injured. Are they, are they legit injured? Cuz they the,
1: they all did physicality last week. Or is the Bucks say the
3: the dirt sheets say they're leaving is, or is They they mentioned in a joke later. But. Like the, that was the other thing I was wondering whether you could do um yeah, Bucks, Bucks and Kenny against Osprey and Aussie Open in the semis and somehow undisputed interfere to set up that match and you could have. Do, do you realize the Bucks that involved in the finals or
2: something? This could work out where if it is the Bucks and Kenny And you would assume that their second round match could be that week that they're in Chicago on Dynamite or whatever, that we are going to get potentially Kenny Omega and W.H. Park in the same building together after all these years. Damn.
1: Yeah. Maybe uh, Kenny Omega can take W.H. out for some actual good food that he can take photos of. (laughs) Some pasta.
2: (laughs) I'd love it. (laughs) Some fast Uh,
1: food. (laughs) So
2: who's winning this, Braden?
1: I mean, this is crazy. They just throw out there, hey, by the way, Will Ospreay is going to be back yeah. on TV with his mates, which is awesome. So I feel like...
2: This is very underplayed. It's just like all of a sudden yeah. Will Ospreay's name is on these, these graphics. yeah. And,
1: and the the Thrustbusters? I mean... What, the that's Thrustbusters. All, what yes. are they called? The Trustbusters. 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 I, feel like, I feel like they just basically said, here's this bracket. And it's like, oh, okay. A lot of this sounds awesome. I mean, like you mentioned Dragon Lee coming in as well, but then... If this does lead into some sort of riff with Osprey and Kenny, I do feel like that's a big match that's happening, and I feel like that even could be like your grand slam match, the one on one. Finally, but uh, out of who's winning the like the trios and what's the match for all out, it would make sense to have the elite, the three of them, like a win the whole thing or b in the finals.
3: So would it be against? the trust busters or the house of black or what's interesting is there are a lot of stories already set up in this. Yeah. Like you've got potentially you could have death triangle taking on Andrade, dragon Lee and Rouge, And that's who they've been feuding (laughs) with. Um, And as I said, you could have something screwy to set up another non-title match on the show. Uh, Similarly, you've had like house of black with stuff with death triangle. Do you go dark order young bucks? So you've got hangman, on the side of dark order but kind of reunited with the elite somehow like there's a lot of different ways you could go i, I did find it quite interesting seeing the brackets yeah but looks- i am disappointed we're not getting derby Miro, and sting
1: no yeah we're story. not getting matrio no uh <laughs> combat club uh no what jericho appreciation society mm. it leads me to believe they're gonna be doing different things but yeah this this bracket looks pretty sweet we're gonna get some crazy matches in the next few weeks
2: Next up was the, uh, the the Tornado Rules match with Andrade El Idolo and Rush against the Lucha Brothers um th- this match was just uh crazy <sighs> there's they double-team Phoenix, and he comes back with this. Uh, he scales up the ropes into a head scissors. We get the the Cazadora splash by the Lucha Brothers onto Andrade. And then Phoenix leaps onto his brother's shoulders and then delivers a dive, or a, a splash off of the shoulders. Uh, Stereo dives by them. Phoenix does the shuffle. Whole crowd is chanting for Eddie. Everyone is down. And then Penta hits a destroyer to Andrade on the edge of the apron. Phoenix then scales the top, but he gets knocked off balance as he's doing the, uh, the tightrope walk and roosh ties up penta's mask to the rope you know after one time it's like man what a dick move after multiple times it's time to invest in a new mask for, Shorten for Penta, the tassels. i think yeah. at this point you know what Shorten these tassels it. are nice but Shorten i think it. i could make them out of like uh um some some hardened object that uh maybe maybe i can make like uh i don't know non-tasseled uh mask maybe that maybe, would be the fool idea me
3: twice and you'll never be fooled again right <laughs> fool me, you won't get won't happen you won't get
1: fooled again i mean it'd be it'd be interesting maybe he should like carry like a blade in his wrist tape or something that maybe he could like get out with but uh, i feel like he could shorten the tassels because i feel like we have seen this a bit but i mean yeah it
2: still it, was a cool I mean, spot because yeah. they're tying it and i think it was excalibur like he says it seriously like The double knot. The double knot. The double knot. And Jim Ross just couldn't help himself. Not the double knot. And so it's tied to the bottom rope with a double knot. And with Phoenix down – penta has to rip his mask off which is attached to the rope to save phoenix and andrade takes the mask throws it away the whole crowd is chanting throw it back i guess no one did and they double team phoenix penta is thrown out of the ring without the mask bulls horns onto phoenix and el idolo is hit as andrade pins phoenix in 14 minutes and two seconds but um this was a hell of a start to the show wow. with these two matches, um, which yeah. both got significant time. We're talking almost like uh, 14 each for both of them. So this was like a hell of a first half hour.
3: This was awesome. And I think these Tornado matches are when like Lucha Brothers really excel because they they break the tag rules all the time. They said, you just know? do it. Just do but, Tornado. I like, think that, that cage match is essentially a Tornado match with the Bucks. And when you're going to do all this crazy stuff, just throw out the tag stip. Do this. It's so... Entertaining, And I think Roosh, who had such a rocky debut here, you know, debuting backstage, disappearing for a month, and then coming back in a battle royal, I think the last couple of weeks has really elevated him. And Andrade seems... I, I feel like he rarely wrestles, but when he does, they're all fantastic. And the idea of Dragon Lee now with these two yeah. as well. Uh Yeah, I... Like, there were three matches on this show that just... But
2: well, yeah. awesome! I thought tonight this I trios love- match next week is just just going to be killer. Um,
1: um, <laughs> something I mentioned, uh, something I noticed is uh, Andrade and Roosh were wearing their Lij Naito inspired gear because they were wrestling in T shirts. Uh, Andrade didn't take it off. He never he didn't take it off. Yeah, I I thought this match was crazy. I love how Penta seemed to be going away from the Oscura spooky Alex stuff, the graveyard stuff. He's just kind of back to
2: being Penta. Uh, and I think and he, he's, going, he's going by the, the previous name now. Yeah. Um, co- no, copyright Sino. John Cena, shot in the dark every every week. <laughs> I, I just love uh,
1: any time the Lucha Brothers are on Dynamite, and I think they should always be on Dynamite. And, and now teasing the different mixed triple tag matches, all of those just sound wonderful. But this had some crazy stuff. Ray Phoenix, just not a human being sometimes, I don't think.
2: We go to the back, and Brandon Cutler is filming Matt and Nick as they go into the locker room with the Dark Order, who are with Hangman. And Nick and Matt, they thank Hangman for the save last week, and they aren't proud of what they have done. Matt recalls the favorite time of his entire life was when all of them were together in the elite building a revolution. And then everything got weird when we got here, he got selfish and he's sorry. And we are in the same building where you won the title last year at full gear, but we couldn't muster up the courage to congratulate you. You were the elite, not us. And he wished that he enjoyed the journey more than the destination and maybe I'm a bad person. Maybe the trolls online are right. Maybe they're on to something. But when they are around Hangman Page, he brings out the good in them. And they ask Hangman Page to be their partner in the trios tournament. And Hangman says, man, guys, I'd I'd love to, but I can't. You didn't congratulate me when I won the title. But these guys did, referring to the Dark Order, who just stand there for this very awkward um, meeting of uh, you know former... Uh, former partners and this is their chance and I'm going to have their back and be in their corner for the trios tournament and you guys should get a partner who never turned their back on you guys and the Bucks just awkwardly leave and Brandon Cutler <laughs> ends the tension by telling the Bucks I think he's referring to me They shut up Brandon and that's how this ends so the, uh, the, the love story of the elite continues to have curveballs uh, thrown their way But uh, we will have Hangman in the corner of the Dark Order as this tournament begins, as the Young Bucks will go without Hangman.
1: Yeah, a lot. I mean, the sad story with the whole. It's been years,
2: this story. They should have had a piano underneath this. Yeah, Yeah, the Incredible Hulk theme.
3: Look, I I like these stories. They do. I I appreciate it. But the Bucks especially get very melodramatic in these these scenes that – yeah, I just felt like everyone was going to burst into tears at just one crying.
1: point. I love Hangman being like, yeah, but you didn't you didn't congratulate me, so nah. he just gave me the nod. And then also says, I'm also not going to be competing. So it's going to be three members of the Dark Order and he's just going to be chilling. But I mean, it's
2: kind of... Unless someone gets hurt in the Dark Order and they got to go to the bench and boom, Hangman is, is called upon for duty.
1: I mean, they got like nine people. Oh, no, wait, their numbers are dwindling. They might not... Yeah, you might be on to something. Uh, I, think, I think we're going to get John Silver, who was rocking a beautiful... Uh, the mummy t-shirt Brendan Fraser but I think it's him Reynolds and Uno maybe would be the one but you're yeah, saying probably English, Vance yeah. yeah unless you're saying hangman joins in but
2: I mean that it was it was one thing I thought of in this that if you are in fact bringing Kenny back and one of the the, the dark order like somehow hangman ends up on the team like that should be the finals yeah, and yeah, you have hangman yeah, yeah. on one side against you know his former partners I think that's the most compelling uh, conclusion to where where they're going here is they all end up in the ring together and, and it would be a hell of a finals too if it's you're looking at like Silver Reynolds and Hangman in there.
3: Well, I wonder how much, uh, like with the injuries with Punk and Kenny, how much they've been really playing it week to week. Because a week ago, maybe Hangman with the Bucks was the direction. Like, I, I don't know. Hmm. Or was this always in the plan? Because it's, it's been very kind of hush-hush with Punk and Kenny's injuries. I'm that? I'm all
1: interested in any iteration of the elite matches because those the, the, the storytelling. Yeah, it can be a little. It can, we can see kind of cheesy, but I do think they do a good job of stretching that out and bringing it into the matches and stuff like that. And if Kenny is coming back, I'm super hyped about that because any iteration with Hangman and stuff is great. But I mean, the the tweets from Kota Bushi is what's really important because it sounds like he wants to to tangle with all these guys as well. So I'm I'm looking forward to maybe down the line. Uh, bringing in the elite golden lovers thing that could be shown on on dynamite down the line as well but uh looking at the brackets it does look like it could be dark order and the elite in mm. the in the final so hangman stepping in there makes the most sense
2: because you would see him being you know having some prominent spot on on the pay-per-view we'll, oh we'll yeah be- you're because it's in the brackets like he could
1: not be in the first match and then like the, the, he's the yeah he's got to replace the next one that makes sense yeah
2: Jungle Boy is out for commentary on the next match, and it's Luchasaurus destroying Anthony Henry with the Fossilizer, which sounds like something you would uh, call a 1 800 number and, and order. Um, sounds uh, like a he, shot. Uh, um, you go order the Fossilizer and tell us how, how well that goes down. Uh, 42 seconds. So he was able to win quicker than Zack Saber Jr. did on Wednesday against Evil. Uh, Christian Whoa, is it's on the. C- Whoa, what was- <laughs> I have just ruined a 44 second match for you, Davey. Oh, I'm not going to watch it. Oh, just, just when yes. I
3: thought I'd get back into the g But
1: it happened already, so it's fine.
2: That's it. That's <laughs> it. It's a, it's, a, it's a sporting event that has now completed itself. Christian's on the screen, and Jungle Boy quickly runs to the back to try and attack him. Security gets involved. Luchasaurus just hightails it back there, and he just attacks these security members. He chokeslams one, and then headbutts Pat Buck. <laughs> Here's your promotion, Buck. And uh, yeah, that, that was that. And... I guess uh, not. Not much of a progression of of this feud, other than uh, they hate each other. They're still trying to kill one another.
3: The only thing I was wondering is is I found this Luchasaurus element of this whole story very odd. How he how he joined Christian? Okay, the 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 thing was he was there to just keep an eye on on Christian the whole time until Jungle Boy's ready. But in the process, he you know murdered Matt Hardy. He murdered the Vasty blondes. Yeah. and. Sorry, Busty Blondes? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then I thought today they were keeping his kind of cane music and also like, kind of like snapping whether they're teasing that maybe he might have a bit of darkness in him still. Hmm. Because it was like Jungle Boy was like, yo, hey, chill. I think they needed the chill after last week, John,
1: when Jungle Boy tried to hit Christian with his car. And then last week on this show, I said, that's all I need in wrestling. And then... Saw on my Twitter feed that that's what happened on Raw. So it's interesting. Uh, vehicle uh, manslaughter attempts are common. But this this felt like this was just kind of a placeholder for this feud. Like they didn't have too much what, what else to, to do with it. I don't think it's necessarily going cold or anything. I just think closer to the pay-per-view, you can maybe heat it up. I think Christian's going to get an upper hand on him again and make him even more upset.
2: I think Christian is Vecna, and he has inflicted Luchasaurus, <laughs> who is actually evil in all of this. And this scene really showed wow. by the destruction of Pat Buck. Okay,
1: mm. you're you're onto something. Yeah, I mean, is it that bad that he had butted Pat Buck?
2: I mean, it was uh, it was an official. So he was just doing his job. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> Miro does a promo, and this was interesting. Like they dropped kind of the background music. This was just quiet as he is in this dark room. And he says that Malachi dragged him to the dark. Literally, this is Malachi's old room with the lights out. And hell is empty because all the devils are here. And then Julia Hart appears and tells Miro to embrace the gift like I did. Miro says, only one woman can touch me, and she is not you. Tell the pagans I accept their gift, and I will use it to destroy them. His war path to his God is now clear, and it will lead directly to the House of Black. This is the word of the Redeemer.
1: I, I like that he keeps even in talking about the House of Black and spookiness. He still manages in to weave in a line about his hot wife. So good stuff. Uh, but is it's going to the triples match, the the three way match, the tag, right?
3: Like, what is? What, I don't know. I assume yeah. Miro kind of messes up their first round match to okay. like set up continue that feud. Yes. Yeah.
2: Mark Henry interviewed Powerhouse Hobbs, and then QT and the Factory enter. Hobbs doesn't need to worry about people like Ricky Starks. They're going to take care of him. And Hobbs warns them not to let their problem become his problem. And uh, there there was going to be a problem for for Hobbs and uh, and a piece of hardware. So now Two Dimes has joined uh, AEW
3: and The Factory. And now they're all Italian. So now Nick Camarato is just... Big Tony D'Angelo. And QT's mentioning Parmesan cheese and stuff. Like, what's going on? Tony D's
1: family's uh, expanding the border, the forbidden door. I the, it was the this. This is going to
2: be where Matt great Menard great. and Angelo Parker end up, okay? They're yeah. going to be running the factory.
1: I guess, because they were – I don't know what. I All of a sudden, this this one guy's with them, and now they're all
3: super Italian. So like, I mean, Nick Comarado was just dressed in exactly the same
1: gear as Tony, Tony, Tony D. D to yeah. Me. Wow. What are you going to do?
2: Oh, maybe they'll have an accord or or, or something that down the line. They'll just sit at a at a, at a neutral location and and go over the, yeah. their plans for, on a,
3: a yacht future. in a in a park with a table set up. I just love that the basis of this match is Ricky Starks is so pissed off at the idea that Ugh. I might join you. Factory, like, no, I'm going to join you, losers. He no, says li- he fight you. <laughs> he, his he lost the tag
1: title match. His friend turned on him. But it was when QT's like, yo, you want to join the factory? That he knew so he hit right. rock bottom yeah. when, he, when QT's trying to get him.
2: He's just insulted by the thought of the association. Yeah. Lethal, Sutnam Singh, and Sanjay Dutt are out for a promo. They brag about destroying Wardlow at Battle of the Belts. And Lethal tells Wardlow to either defend the title against me again or else we'll find you and take it. Which is quite the interpretation of how title changes occur. Um, these guys could just create their own title. That could happen, couldn't it?
3: Yeah, on 2K and just stay at home and don't come on TV every Tuesday. boy. Oh boy. These, these are turn-off for me. I, yeah. I can Go away, me switch off when these three come out.
1: Yeah, uh, we, we call uh, Lethal, Satnam, and uh, Sanjay, like, the pantomime villains, like the, the Batman 60s villains, but, like, not the good ones, like the ones that never got, like, their own, like, off movies or shows. Like, they just always come
2: this out. This is not and- Cesar Romero level. No, yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's like egghead. It's like egghead in like the pharaoh. What about King Tut? Above or below? Yeah,
1: yeah, King Tut. That's the pharaoh guy. Yeah, exactly. These guys are coming out and basically they say the same thing like every week. And now they've finally giving Samoa Joe's ears a break. And who who, remember Samoa Joe? Yeah, Uh, he now they're just going after Wardlow. It's like the same thing every week. And you said something about a pencil earlier, John. I I mean, Sanjay Dutt
2: walking around with a pencil makes me want to jab it in my eye. Uh, You know that original Batman series? Another credit on the Judo Jean LaBelle resume. Hey, whoa. Lethal uh, uh, Okay, so he does the promo with the title, and Wardlow comes out to accept but he's going to whip all their asses tonight and that's when FTR comes out, who were promoted to be in action tonight, and the heels bail to the floor, uh, and Lethal just tries to go at it alone. Didn't work out well. He was hit with the big rig and then Wardlow and FTR pose with all of their different championships and... I guess coming out of this, you almost think like they're going to do at least on television uh, a six man. But I, I guess the the long term, uh, whatever you want to consider long term, is still you know getting that power bomb, bomb spot on Sutnam Singh down the road, which which will generate a, bi- a big pop. But I, I see that as sort of the payoff to this whole thing. And whenever we get there, we get there.
3: I think something went a bit wrong here with Sanjay Dutt because he was looking under the ring for something and then kind of ran around the other side i don't know if he was going to get a weapon or whatever and that's when jay lethal just went oh yeah just run in the ring
2: it it looked silly that lethal ran in unarmed against these three and it would have made more sense if he had something ready like a weapon to take these guys on because it 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 did come off odd that he just runs into the ring and gets killed i
3: think they just didn't set their prop earlier in the night like that's what it looked like uh but yeah and the pinnacle reforming
1: yeah when you're in the pinnacle you're always
3: on top
2: Dude, I had completely forgotten about the Pinnacle until I saw someone tweet about the reunion of the Pinnacle. Um, I have not thought of this group ever in (laughs) in the last six months. Shivani is with the uh, Jericho Appreciation Society. Uh, Menard cuts a promo about Moxley's uh, title reign ending. They're going to have a big party with with Fondue and the bubbly tonight. Danny, uh, Daniel Garcia says that Danielson should appreciate him. He gave him a vacation at home with his family and his garden, and he is the dragon slayer. And then Anna uh, choked out a woman for doubting this proclamation by Daniel Garcia.
3: So Andrew is butch now. That's what they're going for, right? Because uh, yes. they were like... They
2: were like pulling her back. And ah, everything. Let me out. Uh. Yeah. Nice. I'll be, I'll be, it'll be good for the man's career, but part of me will miss this man, Peep Dunn, playing a dog every week. I, I, that is my guilty pleasure of wrestling is watching this man, uh, try so Shame hard to, to play a dog. Shame on you. Well,
1: Remember when he was in the UK tournament? Come on. He was good.
2: Yeah. That, that was my thought coming out of that UK tournament. This guy I, would be a great Rottweiler. I don't literally. like
1: yeah (laughs) i don't like uh anna jay yelling i liked everything up until that point then it got a little like too too out there for me
2: i think it's the hope that she just keeps doing this that it'll 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 be her calling card this thing will get over it 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 does feel like very forced because it's such an abrupt shift in this character that's gone and it's it's just something for her i don't really have any opinion on it it's a little out there Aaron Solo, with his record of 8-26, and took on Ricky Starks. So you can see he wanted no part of this guy. They had the some videos from the, the Road 2 of the, the two teaming in the past. Cole Carter comes out to try and uh, trip Ricky Starks. Uh, that's his initiation into the factory. He passed the test. Uh, and then Solo misses a roundhouse kick. Starks spears him in 2 minutes and 14 seconds. And he avoids association with the factory.
1: He's not in the factory. That was the... The, not the real gimmick to this match, but he's just happy that he beat the factory there for it. He does not have, I don't to, have to be. In the I factory. don't have to be in them to learn yeah. how to be a better wrestler.
2: Nick Camarota ran down with a chair and Starks avoided that. Uh, Solo tries to attack him and then Starks escapes and runs through the crowd, avoiding the factory literally and figuratively. And this upset powerhouse Hobbs so much that he lifted a flat screen in the back and just smashed it on the ground.
3: I thought it was pretty impressive. Starks hit, the kind of Will Hobbs uh, spine buster on Camarado, which the size of Camarado right. there. And it was definitely like doing Hobbs' move. And I think that's what kind of wound him up there. He was so mad you he, he dropped it. it on his head. I
1: thought, I thought <laughs> it was cutting to him throwing it on someone. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. First, Anna Jay's beating people up. Now this guy's throwing TVs. Jeez.
2: Lexi Nair interviews the Gun Club, and Billy is asking Austin and Colton how you could ruin the only match I made famous the vaunted dumpster match. And he misses the acclaimed Stokely walks in to try and recruit them, saying it's past Billy's bedtime. And Billy says, the joke is old and you're about to have a bad day. And Billy says, I've made a match for you guys on Rampage. And Danhausen walks in and he's going to be one of the opponents. And it turns out Eric Rowan will be his partner for Friday's Rampage. Uh, and we'll go over the rest of Rampage. It's a, it's a lengthy lineup that they have promoted. Tony is uh, Tony Schiavone is with the best friends. The trust busters walk in or as uh, Braden would uh, identify them as who and they introduce themselves to uh, the universe at large and Ari wants to recruit Orange Cassidy uh, who also doesn't want to have any association with this low-level group. He's uh, he tells Orange to get rid of these two morons Cassidy declines and Davari says that you'll find out what happens to people who say no to Ari Davari as Slim J and Parker Boudreaux stood there.
1: Sorry, Slim J. That's that's the other guy's name. Slim Jay. That's the little kid, Kevin Federline. <laughs> okay, Malibu's most wanted. I don't know who that guy was, but I knew the other
3: guy.
2: Your trios champions in waiting.
3: I think but- <laughs> I think AEW need to come up with some better stories for these lower level factions than just recruiting. Everyone's trying like the factory are trying to recruit. You've got these guys. Well, well this guy, these guys just came into money trying to get, they
1: just came into money. Like wouldn't,
2: like wouldn't your first move to be, to, to hire a Parker Boudreaux and Slim J and then go after Orange Cassidy. If you got a giant inheritance, Braden.
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally. So sorry. Ari Devari is rich and hired these guys. Sorry. I don't watch dark. Come on. I don't know what's going on. A
2: specific date guy. hit and, and this trust fund came, came due. So now he is, he is living the good life. Wow.
1: I mean, hey. And that's why they're the trust busters. Trust bust. Trust busters. Got it. Okay. okay. Interesting. Right. So you went for the guy who had some promise, Parker. He looked like, you know, people were like, the next Brock Lesnar. All right. He never really got to show it as Harland. So maybe there's some good no, stuff there. No, this is better than Gacy.
3: He's improved. <laughs>
1: Fair enough. But then we got Slim J, Slam Master Jay. Tell us about this. Slim yeah. Jay. What do you know about this guy? Tell me his uh, career uh, highlights.
2: Uh, You know. Atlanta, Atlanta independent standout, Slim J. I mean, he's been around for a long time. This is like his first uh, <laughs> major national break.
3: Did he play sports at college? Was Did he just make a, a hip hop joke, John? <laughs>
2: Jade Cargill versus Madison. <laughs> Ryan. I'm moving on for the TBS championship. Um, the story here is that Madison has more experience than anyone that Jade has faced. So. There is a Rana by Rain on the floor. Uh, Kira Hogan frequently got involved here. This is where they bring up Chris Statlander is hurt, so she is out with an injury. Rain goes for a blockbuster. Um, it, it did not look great. Taz uh, acknowledged uh, she did she not get all of that she one. She didn't get all of it. No, no, that's – these announcers are very honest. Like when when a move misses, they're they're not covering it up. Uh, Rain applies a front chancery and then gets elevated up but comes down with a DDT. And then Kiera is back on the apron. Jade goes for a pump kick, misses Madison, and – Missed Kiara too, but Kiara sold this one, D- dude. This missed by a mile. Okay, this was a brutal miss. And then she hits one to Madison, fights off Jaded, cross rains, gets blocked, and then she hits Jaded and wins this one. So she improves to thirty six and zero. Um, th- th- there was some very rough moments in this match.
1: Yeah, didn't didn't quite get too into this one, uh, but the highlight was was afterwards with one of the greatest calls Excalibur's ever said was. Whoa, it's Athena disguised as a baddie, which I didn't realize she, she, she was. But uh, yeah, this was a little bit of a mess.
3: I, I thought the end sequence, like they kind of got it together quite nicely for the, for the finish. And I thought Jade hit a pretty nice spear. Um, but yeah, there was a lot, as you mentioned, that big boot to Kira. And there was just a lot of mess towards the beginning here.
2: Just a lot with like trying to try involve Kiera in this uh, constantly as well. Um, Athena, who was uh, disguised as a baddie, surprise, <laughs> she revealed herself, uh, attacked Jade and then Hogan pulled Jade out of the ring and the belt was left there for Athena to pick up. So with Statlander Hurt, it looks like um, they're just going to go to Jade and Athena as the title program. Shivani's with Tony storm and thunder Rosa thunderstorm. And with Chris out storm is now the number one contender for the women's title. So thunder Rosa says, you know, this is what happens and it is what it is. And Tony explains that she's conflicted. It's her goal to be champion, but this is her, her tag partner of several weeks. (laughs) Uh, and thunder Rosa wishes her luck. And we can talk about this title match later. And Tony was like, yeah, you are my partner, but, uh, I'm coming for that belt. So you know what? Um, We've had, like, our three matches together, but this is this is professional.
3: It felt like they watched the, the Young Bucks Hangman segment from earlier and were like, yeah, we'll do that. But as you said, not the year's worth of history between these two. Just this did not feel like their worlds were being
2: torn up. apart. I mean... Yeah, um, no.
3: They didn't really seem to care. It's like, oh, well, I I, I did come here to win the championship, but with Thunderstorm. They, hey, they've <laughs> already lasted longer
1: than Y2AJ, so it is That's done. That's Every other... put put team together like this i
2: i found it a bit jarring that we literally got like back to back like we went from athena and the explanation that with chris statlander hurt like this clears the way for athena to face jade and then the very next segments well with chris hurt this now clears the way for tony storm was chris statlander gonna get title shots against both of these women like is that what the number one contender gets you get uh you challenge for all the titles that you are uh uh up for
1: yeah, it's really, it's kind of it's weird. But I do think maybe if you want to go for a big the big women's title match, meaning Thunder's title at uh, All Out, then maybe you have Thunderstorm implode and explode where Tony maybe turns on her and, and becomes a different side. But as for the Statlander thing, it's, it did feel like that was towards Jade. So I don't know why they made it seem like... True. Yeah. Oh, right. I'm with you. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah that is a thought. So like, therefore, Tony should face Jade. Yeah, it feels like Athena's been building to Jade anyway. So they, they were kind of doing like the, the dual yeah. thing.
2: It was like yeah. Athena and Chris Statlander were involved in both, That's like right. both That's were right. kind of like in contention here and working together against Jade. But That's right. um, I mean, you do have that clear direction now,
1: uh, Davey. What do you think of uh, Athena's facial reactions? Oh boy, Davey, yeah, Davey I, let out a big groan earlier when we were watching this.
3: It's yeah. It's it's her facial. It's, the mocking of the posing of Jade. It just came she across. always mocks people. She always mocks people, and it never comes across cool. I never think she comes across as a funny cool baby face. It's character. It feels like yeah, I don't know an aunt trying to make a bad joke or something. <laughs> and I think she's an awesome wrestler. It's just all this stuff, and this has been right through to her start in NXT, where she thought she was a werewolf, and then yeah, now she thinks wearing, she's a baddie. You know, yeah,
2: it's it's. It she was never, disguised as a werewolf. It never disguised connected Disguised as
3: a baddie. <laughs> and I was hoping when she comes to AEW, there might be a bit of freedom to like find something else. But it's yeah. still it's still, it's still, disconnecting. And it's such a shame because I think she's one of the best wrestlers they have in the division. Uh, but there's still that big disconnect. Yeah.
2: All right, Excalibur. Next segment, you got to plug Rampage and Dynamite next week. All right, how many are we going for this week? Uh, Ten. Ten. Okay, here's my copy. So, this coming Friday night on Rampage, Brian Danielson will return and speak live. We will hear from Hook. The Gun Club takes on Eric Rowan and Danhausen. Parker Boudreaux versus Sonny Kiss. We will hear from Swerve in Our Glory. Ari Davari takes on Orange Cassidy. And Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti, recently married, will defend the AAA A mixed tag team titles against Dante Martin and Sky Blue on Friday night.
1: Wow, oh. is that going to beat last week's rampage? That's really? a lot on Friday. There's no Tony Niece, no Tony Niece,
3: three matches. They might be
2: in trouble. No Josh Woods, Josh Woods. They're no. fun. I would say really what, what, and they did at the end of the show, kind of plugged like you know we'll we'll hear more about this Punk situation on on Rampage. I would say they they tried yeah, to push you yeah. towards that. And Danielson being on the show, I guess that's kind of noteworthy. The rest kind of is is what it is. I wouldn't say any of these matches are really. Um, you know no, I, anything at the level of a uh, you know a john moxley wrestling on, on yeah, Rampage? yeah i think there
3: is some more news
2: that could come out of this one though uh i
3: think that Wh- which is it. good
2: i think you need to put like new stuff on rampage yeah. too like stuff of significance like hearing from danielson an update on punk that to me is as valuable as, you know, yeah. any of these matches that they promoted, much much more so to be honest.
3: And that's what I was kind of getting at last week. It's like, yeah, Moxley's in a title match on TV, but it's against Mance Warner, and we know Mox isn't losing that. We're not getting Moxley versus Jericho, uh, sorry, Mance Warner versus Jericho tonight. And that's why I'm like, I don't need to watch that. There's no real news coming out of that. But the fact Danielson's been away for a while, he's got a match coming up next week, like that feels more newsworthy. The, the fallout from Punk coming back, that feels more newsworthy. Because yeah. you know you're going to get good wrestling regardless.
2: Yeah, yeah it, it's stuff that needs to – it needs to be like I tune in for this show and I have stuff that, that like comes out of it. There's like repercussions from this show that extend beyond those 60 minutes where you might get some some great wrestling, but was this something worth having to check in as, as a viewer? So We will see Dynamite-
3: new uh, name changes here. Tay Mello now – Going by a real name, not Te Conti. And uh, Beardhausen. Beardhausen. How about
2: that? Oh, look at that. Okay. Yeah,
1: Yeah, we're on top
2: of things, John. Do, do you are, are you going to uh, reinvent the uh, the trustbusters with, with a new name, or do you think the trustbusters work? I
1: think I did earlier. Uh, <laughs> the, Inverten- the
2: thrustbusters. <laughs> yeah, yes. we're gonna
1: go with that now. Actually,
0: let's no, go ahead.
2: I, I don't ask what that means. <laughs> Dynamite next Wednesday. So this is the uh, the Game of Thrones episode. The young bucks and their mystery partner against Andrade Roosh and Dragon Lee. Tony Storm against Kylan King. And Brian Danielson against Daniel Garcia in a two out of three falls match. So oh, yeah. that will be uh, that should be excellent because the yeah. last one was was great. And this is the follow up. Um, maybe surprising they, that this was not happening at the pay-per-view, but that would definitely suggest that, you know, they have other ideas for where, where they're going with that. But that should oh, be great, great next week.
3: Great branding! Oh to yeah, dragon totally, Slayer. Dragons, totally. The dragon dragons layer versus the dragon. You've got
1: Dragon Makes sense. Lee showing yeah. up at the show. Honestly,
2: oh yeah, awesome. yeah. I didn't even tie in the Dragon Lee part to, to yeah. all of that. All as well. the
1: dragons, dragons are awesome. I, I thought that they were going to do that at the pay per view, and the fact that there's they're promoting it already for next week, and it's two out of three falls sounds definitive. That sounds it? like it it's kind of ending it there. I mean, they are coming to Buffalo. You could run it back again for that with Garcia being from there and so forth, but like. That I'm I'm just hyped for this match. Sorry, this is as big. I just really
3: loved that first time that match last few weeks ago. So I just, hope they get time like tonight yeah. as well because two uh, out of three falls you awesome. can't just do. 20 minutes at the end. Yeah. You have my attention.
2: I could see them starting the show off that way. And it maybe goes like a half hour or something like that. Because if in fact you're bringing back Kenny, like that should be your main event next week, uh, depending on what else they announce. But I would imagine those are the two big matches um, that we have listed here for for next week. There you go. And then it's on to the main event. And this is pretty much the last half hour of the show. This one got a ton of time, John Moxley and Chris Jericho for the AEW interim championship. And, so they, they set up that this Lionheart throwback for Chris Jericho. And, you know, Chris Jericho, when it comes to this stuff this is a detail kind of guy who he just nails the details that make this stuff work. Uh, he comes out, he's got the, the old vest that we had saw, seen earlier, the tights, and he's coming out to white zombie. Oh and yeah. This place is just, they, they are so into this character that honestly, like it baby faced Jericho to a lot of this audience. Like there were a lot of parts in this match where, you know, it was definitely a split crowd and even more so for Jericho when he got the lion tamer late in the match. Like, it it really endeared himself to this audience with the throwback character. He looked great. I mean, he's been in fantastic
1: shape as of late. Like, ever since the NBA fans trashed him, he just got, got, like, back in this crazy shape. But being like, you know, if you've been watching for so long, the outfit the vest with the lion on the back was awesome. The haircut, everything. But then the, the – and, like- and he also has a
2: whole new line of merchandise now that he can put out after tonight. Of course.
1: <laughs> of course. The wizard, the lion tamer, the this, the that, the pain maker. He's got all of them. But coming out to – I w- I like stopped for a second. I was like, is that is that White Zombie? Oh, shit. They went like the extra mile. I guess that was just for like a one-time thing. But it was such a little thing that just made it – Made it banging, so I know what I'm listening to later. But uh, yeah, great entrance for this. I was super into it.
2: So to start things off early in this match, and we got Regal on commentary for this too, Jericho rips off John Moxley's earring. And <laughs> Moxley just... He must have just cut himself here. because, Dude, he was... He outdid Brody King on this show. Yeah. He was just covered, like chest and the side of his head, just leaking blood um, as we're just minutes into this match. Jericho hit the lion salt. The people went nuts for that. He hit the, the super Frankensteiner and then a figure four around the post and then went for the walls of Jericho. And this is where, like, you could really hear the crowd behind him here. Uh, he missed on the springboard dropkick, landing on the floor, and Moxa comes off the top with a big axe handle. Jericho removes the turnbuckle pads and Aubrey Edwards is going to deal with these paddings when all of a sudden Sammy Guevara appears uh in the in the crowd he tosses the bat and it just Totally overshoots Jericho, and it falls to the floor. So Jericho has to go get the bat. Meanwhile, Aubrey's got to keep herself occupied, and it was so awkward as she's just playing around with this turnbuckle pad for an extended period as Jericho had to get the bat and then blast Moxley with it. So nonetheless, they, they continued on here. The bat led to a near fall on Moxley, and Moxley is sent into the buckle. Um, Jericho breaks out of the... Jericho breaks out of the choke, sending Moxley into the exposed buckle, hits the Judas effect, and Moxley becomes the first person to kick out of the Judas effect. And Excalibur, God bless this guy, he asks if maybe Jericho's broken nose affected his oxygen to properly hit the Judas effect. I am not a doctor, so I don't know if maybe he's on to something here, but I don't know how one gets from the broken nose of how the oxygen intake 20 minutes into a match impacts the man's spinning elbow technique. But maybe it did.
3: Jericho did delay as well crawling over. there
2: was the delayed cover he didn't yeah. instantly go for that so there, there was that as well um, semi protecting the move uh, Jericho then misses a belt shot he goes into the buckle and it's Moxley with the bulldog choke he's elbowing Jericho but Jericho reverses getting on top as he's free of the choke and he applies the lion tamer huge reaction Jericho at this point from the buckle shot he's bleeding a ton and this was an awesome visual as he's got the lion tamer applied yeah. Moxley breaks out the hold. He's elbowing the back of Jericho's head and he gets the hook applied. He's got the choke. Jericho is fighting with his arms, so Moxley takes the leg and ties up the right arm and all Jericho has is the left arm. He's fighting it and finally taps at 22:35. I I thought this was like really really strong stuff. Um above what I was expecting from from these two and man Jericho worked super hard in this match. Moxley has been at a high level all year long since his comeback, but I was really impressed with this, and I and I had pretty elevated expectations for it, but I thought the the drama in this one, the Lionheart stuff is not something, like, I don't think anyone would have thought of that as, like, an idea for this, but it worked in this weird way that it gave you a different version of Jericho. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this match. I'm curious what you guys thought of it.
3: And that's something you hear, like the details of the Lionheart. You hear about Stu Hart would always stretch people. And even the submissions Jericho was using are not the traditional submissions we see that have a name. It was just grabbing limbs and stretching it back, uh, which I thought you, you don't see him do. And even his more kind of combat club style he was using, like Jericho himself here. I think Jericho's had a hell of a year, one of his best years for ages. When you think of the Kingston match earlier... This yep. one, like last this week, felt, Yuda,
1: Wheeler, Yuta last yeah. week.
3: This felt pay per view level, though. I thought, and yeah. uh, got sucked into the near falls. Such a shame about the baseball bat. That's thing. the
2: one hiccup, yeah. Sammy
3: Guevara doing his like Randy Orton look when he, he went the oh, Bollywood shit. Boys. They're like, Oh, <laughs> okay, Whoops, my bad. Whoops.
2: It's a good comparison. Um, that was the look,
1: yes. I, I really got into this. I mean, I've I, Jericho's just been one of my favorites ever since I can remember, and this was like a little weird, like. He's been doing the fan service stuff, and this was was exactly that. Like if you you know you know, and if you didn't, you still got an awesome match. This has to. Be, he's he's had quite a year. Like I I this exceeded the expectations of this match. I liked. It. I can't remember the last time they fought. I do remember when they fought with Mitch the Potted Plant, and I'm glad it wasn't in this match. But I thought this was a stellar main event, and the way they promoted it, it had to be that. But man, I. I I thought it, it was a banger. For it sure. really
3: feels like Jericho is trying to prove something to himself. Yeah, I think it, he's not he just did, doing the by numbers, you know, the drop kick off the apron, the lion salt. The not yet. The, he's he's switching it up and he's trying some different things and doing styles like his match against Eddie. Not seen him wrestle like that. Yeah, for eight forever. But
1: he's doing all the he did the arm drag and then he laughs. He was doing like all the old moves he used to do while in this 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 gimmick this character. But this was a pretty sweet. Uh, main event for a dynamite. Definitely like one of the all timers. I I really liked it.
2: And there were five minutes left in the show. So you knew you were getting, um, Something significant where they're not running up to the top of the hour. So Hager and Guevara are the first ones to run down attacking Moxley. Jericho lifts up the belt when the Blackpool Combat Club join Moxley in the ring. They're followed by Kingston, Ortiz, and then Matt Menard, Angelo Parker, and Daniel Garcia run down. Jericho's got the belt, and he's winding up to attack Moxley with it when suddenly call to personality takes over, and this place exploded for CM Punk coming out, and this dude just wrecked shop on everyone. He's just running wild. He sends Jericho out of the ring, and it's just Moxley and Punk left in the ring. Audience continues to just lose their minds, and they go face-to-face, and Moxley gives him the middle finger and uh, just kind of knocks him in the shoulder as he walks off, leaving with uh, Claudio and Yuta, and it looks like we have our main event for all out coming out of this but this was Ooh. you know giant reaction on the show and yeah i mean obviously they they got the uh the clearance that that punk can go to 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 shoot the angle
1: yeah i mean this place was shaken i mean it's called quake at the lake that was it right there this place got so loud when that music hit and him clearing house anything when you watch old stone cold all you needed him to get over was when his music hits and he comes in just beating people up. But like everyone, like the the side dudes and the you no know, everything, punk did just that. And it's like all you need to do is that. And then to add even more was the 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 face the, the turn to face to
3: face. It was done really well. I was I was hype. I was jumping out my seat for it. We were talking before the show. We're like, do we think punk's coming back? Yeah, like right? I I was doubting it. So yeah. it really surprised me. And that feels huge. I think they've done such a great job with building up the last few weeks with moxie being pissed off by this term interim and jr even kind of saying it earlier in interim, interim. The Show it's like i hate this interim shit like he's the guy he's the guy defending it he's our guy right now so i think they've they've made this actually with these like subtle lines feel like a big deal it feels like the 2 champions going on yeah this sounds hype it sounds like a great main
1: event we were worried we wouldn't get it but now now we are it seems and i thought this was a great segment and instantly gets all the buzz back into heading into this pay-per-view knowing you Mm -hmm. got this locked in i think instantly you go okay whatever else you add we'll still have this match
2: and i know it was it was very limited it was like a run down to the ring in a couple of spots um but you know he he seemed to be like moving fine which it was interesting i don't know if you guys listened to uh um scrumps podcast this week but like he was there at like c2e2 and was noting that like all weekend long like punk was like icing his foot and and stuff like that and uh he was
1: working you (laughs) well I, i don't know
2: i wasn't there so i couldn't see it but nonetheless um you know he came out he 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 looked fine, but nonetheless, like you are coming off um you know he he had to have surgery for this, and that was only two months ago and it's not like you're coming back for you know a six man tag or something like you're coming back to do a main event on an a w show which it's like that's going to be following a ton on that show, and you're going to be expected to go like twenty five thirty i i would think mm-hmm. for like that's a big match to come back to and i I would wonder if he if he does anything just to you know, do like a tag before before that time, just to get into the ring and you know get get your bearings under you. I would I would not have him wrestle. I would just have him. Well, for promotional reasons, you yeah. would want to hold him off to to the yeah. pay per view. But I mean, you know, there, there's. There's a difference between just like working out and you know being in front of a crowd doing an actual match and, and making sure everything holds up. I I don't know if we'll be seeing any any crowd dives at All Out or <laughs> um maybe he busts out a springboard. We will see. Uh, but that was the show. Obviously a major angle to end things off. And you're starting to see the All Out show kind of come together. I think you can kind of sense all the the major programs kind of coalescing now. And and you do have a main event, so that's the key. My question to you guys is, you know, every year the AEW pay-per-view it's outdone the same show from the year prior, but this is the big one of punk's return from last year. It did 205,000 buys. I think it's going to be really tough to, to hit that number. I think this is the one where it is going to threaten that streak of theirs. Um, do, do you see any chance that this one could build up in such a way that they can top last year's number, or is it just going to be impossible to replicate that buzz you had last year?
1: That's a tough one. That one had a lot of people. Like, think of all your friends who stopped watching wrestling who, who were like, I'm I'm getting this one. I got to watch CM Punk come back. So I still think they'll do pretty good because every pay-per-view they do pretty well and it gets higher and higher. But that one is the, like, the Punk return. But this is There's match- just
2: so much buzz. But that's what, yeah. I mean, you've that's got Punk match. coming back. You yeah. you might have Omega back. It's, um, you know, Danielson in a prominent spot. I just... It's going to be tough. I think it's really tough. but And they've got three weeks uh, to make this really big. But that's, like, all year, everyone has looked at that. That's going to be the toughest one for them to, uh, to top from the year before that they've always been able to do.
1: Yeah, what would you add to this pay-per-view to make it next
3: level? Because well, there's a few open slots now. I was going to say, I think as great as the a six-man with Kenny and the Bucks sounds, I think Kenny in a singles match feels bigger and would make the show feel bigger. I, I don't. I don't think it will top last year's because I think we knew there were the rumblings of Danielson, the rumors of Adam Cole, and obviously Punk's debut match. Uh, I think there were probably a lot of people that just sampled AEW, two C Punk wrestle that might not still be with it. Um, but I think it'll do a good number. But yeah, I think Kenny in a singles would, be would make it feel bigger, as great as I think the the trios will be.
2: What would that singles match be? Would you be going like like Kenny and Osprey? Do you think that would be? Yeah, I think big that's enough? Grand
1: Slam. I think that's going to be for free on TV. Mm-hmm. I, I
3: think, yeah, I think Kenny and Osprey is what I would yeah. Go. That's a yeah. big
1: one, yeah, for sure. All right, we. Uh, what about we, Danielson uh, though? Sorry, John. What about Danielson? Is he facing Jericho at the pay per view? Or uh, Kingston says he's facing Sammy. So I mean. Where would you go with him? Would you put him in a singles match, obviously, or do you do more of the combat club stuff? Like, is that feud still continuing? It's
2: yeah. Up until tonight, I really thought they were going with the Garcia rematch at the, the pay-per-view. So I guess, I guess they'll set up where, whatever those directions are next week. Um, I, I feel like doing just, just a tag with like the, the other members would kind of be, it kind of feels like you're just revisiting that at that point. If it's Blackpool combat club versus Jericho appreciation society, that I would want to put Danielson in something, uh, little more meaningful but we'll see what this means with like the garcia match next week well, jericho is the one that put him out originally
3: wasn't it yeah. it was him and yeah. hager with uh, the end of anarchy in the arena so jericho would seem jericho like a,
2: a logical extension. extension here and um yeah yeah I, c- I could certainly see jericho now being the the option now that he's out of this moxley program
1: I mean, if Osprey's coming in, could you see other people coming in? Could you see Shingo versus Okada? Sorry, Shingo, meaning Shingo versus Danielson. Shin- Danielson versus any New Japan or other outside stuff. Because I do think Danielson needs to be in the singles. And Jericho right now makes the most sense. But you kind of want it to be something a bit more exciting. But I'm not saying that after watching tonight, I mean, give Jericho the, the, the match, I guess. Because he, he can still go, but...
2: Yeah, the thing with New Japan is that after the G One, like their next tour starts like that same weekend. That I, and, and I think it's really tough. Like we talk about how big this roster is. Like you've been building all these stories. It's it's kind of tough to just pluck, um, you know, so, some outsiders and and just put them in, uh, for for the sake of it. Um,
1: I also yeah. think we're getting FTR versus Swerve and Keith Lee. I think that makes the most sense. The top two tag teams, like yeah. that, needs to happen. If we're not getting the Bucks versus FTR at all out, then I think that needs to be the Tag match uh easily. Hobbs Starks, another all out match that clearly yeah. Jungle is, Boy and Christian. Jungle Boy and Christian. So like there's there's the card is definitely already taking shape. Maybe Tony Storm Thunder Rosa as well. Uh so a few different Athena Jade, I yeah, guess. I guess so.
2: Yeah. All right. We have a couple of super chats and the feedback to get to. Braden, who's your favorite trustbuster member? And Davey, what's your favorite Hank Walker match that coming from John Cena?
1: Uh, my favorite
3: thrust buster member is
1: its obviously
2: the, slim J
3: it's slim. Yeah. I'll go with him. <laughs> and Hank Walker, I believe is the security guard who is comforting Cameron Grimes. Yesterday. Yeah. We praised him on up next yeah. and uh, turns out he's the wrestler, even though we were like, "Yeah, hey, he's probably a wrestler. Him versus that Quincy guy, probably on level up.
2: <laughs> Brandon from New Jersey. Do you guys think that jungle boy has suffered enough by Christian? In addition to his father, he lost his grandfather. Okay. That's a, uh... 902 0 joke that Brandon is trying to make. Oh, Brandon, nice. we uh,
1: yeah, I'll hang on. Who's your policy. favorite on, on 902 and oh, John?
2: My favorite character on 902 and oh. Um I I mean I, I think everyone liked like Brandon Walsh to a degree. I, like I mean I mean he was he was a little bit much at, at yeah. times. Um, you know, d- David Silver kind of went into in kind of um cycles of being completely obnoxious to bearable uh at, at times did either of you watch 90210 uh
1: i did i did back in the day but uh i've i've actually met uh a bunch of the cast and i i i told them that i I told them that my mom used to love all you guys and luke perry laughed oh.
2: <laughs> what, what a compliment that you uh provided them i never yeah. watched this but man my mom used to watch you guys
1: yeah he he Thanks. thought it was funny it was great
2: yeah Good that time. was that was that was one like jump the shark moment was like it was a very famous episode where Dylan's dad the car explodes with him in it and then of course when the seasons are kind of uh drying out near the end they bring him back from the dead.
1: Ah uh, sounds like someone we know from WWE dies
2: in a car accident. Comes back. that's right uh it's it's actually uh, yeah fairly pr- pretty fantastic. much the, the exact same angle uh that they did with uh with jack mckay as uh as it was raining and uh it could have been dylan okay feedback here uh because davy and Braden have a, a big night out that they have to uh to get to and we're we're holding them up now what are we singing tonight don <laughs> sorry uh, the, you... <laughs> the sound of silence <laughs> Cody from Maine, Dynamite is often that roller coaster that forgoes the slow buildup of anticipation and goes zero to sixty right off the bat. Tonight it felt like zero to a hundred with that opener. It won't be for everyone because of the blood, but for me it was a spectacle that had me hooked for the rest of the show. The company really seemed to take the complaints of the product being a bit directionless around Forbidden Door to Heart. There's so much going on, but in the best way. You might not enjoy everything, but nobody can justifiably complain about a lack of storytelling and character evolution throughout the card. Nine out of ten for Nick Comaroto's outfit alone, ten out of 10 for punk's return
1: you want me to read the next one
2: we uh go- why not yeah do some reading uh, we go to
1: um, sometimes i can do that harness from nyc who says fun show as usual very physical throughout the night darby doesn't look like he's long for the business the way he's going how many lift leaders did brody king chris and mox lose tonight also what is up with AEW wrestlers biting their opponents open bloody wounds can we stop this Gross. He continues and and lastly, Punk looked like he was moving gingerly, hobbling at times, or was it just me?
2: It, nothing stood out to me, but I, I didn't go and, re- and rewatch it. Maybe maybe I will. Um, I, I don't know. Again, it was just like a, a run down to the ramp, so I don't know how much you can really uh, take from that. But they're obviously going through with it. They feel comfortable enough that they're they wouldn't be shooting the angle if they weren't doing the match. Um, we go to
3: Derek from Calgary. Uh, that was a much different dynamite than we are used to. I think at one point there were four speaking segments in a row. Unusual. But that main event was awesome, and I'm excited for what Moxley and Punk are going to build leading towards their match.
2: Yeah, I think you're just going to get some great promos from them. I don't think this needs a whole lot more beyond that. You have three weeks, three and a half weeks until the pay-per-view, and I think that's, that's sort of, um, yeah, it, I think a simple build is all this needs.
1: I mean, Moxley has an injured ear and Punk has an injured foot and we'll see both of them going through their injuries and hopefully can get through it and have this match.
2: Eddie from Austin writes, "Uh, my first wrestling memory is catching 15 seconds of a match in around 1998 where someone got a nose ring ripped out. I threw up on the kitchen floor and had no desire to watch wrestling until seven or eight years after that when me and my neighbor discovered Friday Night Smackdown in my mom's basement. It's my favorite wrestling show, but dynamite can be a little hard to watch sometimes. So I don't know if Eddie might be uh, scarred for the next seven or eight years after the earring spot. But um, yeah, it was um, not safe to go back in the water tonight for that main event, I guess, for Eddie
1: yeah i got i i started getting a little uh get a little scared when the bloody ear was getting involved too i thought
3: someone hit him with a sling blade for a second yeah i was bleeding bleeding. yeah Yeah. like that one time
1: Have you
2: guys Uh, ever seen airheads with adam sandler i remember always cringing at that spot where the guy rips out yeah yeah uh, his nipple ring (laughs)
1: Uh, yeah oh man that's yeah nasty uh, we go to Crooked Letter Nine, who writes in: Dynamite did a, quite a lot to build up to all that expertly. The Hangman Buck's soap opera took a turn where it strongly hinted that Kenny Omega might be the third man in the trio's tournament. Maybe next week's BTE will have Paige to get a change of heart. Or, as he continues, Moxley, John, sorry, Mo- John Moxley, and Chris Jericho was strong, bloody war of attrition with Jericho turning back the clock to his Lionheart persona and the JAS uh, Shin chicanery chicanery wow see i'm learning a lot see i told you i'm not good at reading was thankfully kept to a minimum and the near falls got me mox kicking out of the judas effect was thrilling cm punk making his return capping off the show was excellent and set up for all outs main event for the marbles well done all around i felt like i was reading riddles just then
0: (laughs) you did a great job Thank you.
3: We go to Johnny, who says, I really love this episode. I love the Derby Brody match and Lucha Brothers versus Andrade and Rouge. Felt like Lucha Libre styled match in AEW with the Tornado tag rules. There is only one thing I didn't like, and I might be in the minority, but I'm tired of non-main event JR commentary. When he's on the main event and it's a match up he's invested in, he's amazing. But then we get stuff like him putting down the interim title and calling the Lucha match a car wreck, but in a disparaging tone. I get he's a legend, but I think we should move towards Excalibur, Taz, Tony team, and bring Jr. for the big matches of pay per views.
2: How, how do you feel about the how, how they're utilizing Jim Ross right now, Davey? Uh,
3: I've liked it the last few weeks, just having him come in halfway through. Uh, I do have similar complaints. He does get a little like grumbly at times, and I don't think it always serves the match that's going on. Um, but. When he does switch it on, like in the main, you can you can genuinely tell with Jr. when he likes something yeah. and who he likes, and you you just hear it in his voice. And when it's something that he's not too into, I don't think he does the best job anymore of hiding that. I, I do like the fact that they had him on for like a second hour. Uh, I love
1: Taz. Taz is the best right now. Honestly, he's so good at everything: at making things funny, at making things serious, making things important. Jr. is almost like he's like an added little thing. But when he's not invested into it, it definitely comes across. And you're almost like not shouting at your TV, but like, well, wait a second. You're almost like talking to him like, wait, well, actually, why are you saying that? Or wait, well, why did you say that? Because that doesn't like as soon as someone's got a sports background, he's all interested in about it. I could tell he wanted to talk about Parker from the Thrustbusters, like so bad. I'm sure that guy's got some sort of background in something. So it comes across, but I thought he sounded good on the main event. Other than that interim title stuff you had mentioned.
2: The last word goes to Jordan from the Bronx. This show was pretty insane from the beginning. The coffin match had me legitimately concerned due to how much blood Brody King was losing. I wish that Sting would have had on a Sting mask while in the coffin, though. I'm not the biggest fan of Matt Jackson's melodramatic acting, but it is fun seeing an angle that was carried through being the elite for most of the time playing out on television. Everything seems to be lining up for a Kenny Omega return next week to join the Bucks in the Trios tournament, which would also be fun due to them facing the United Empire and putting Kenny and Will Ospreay in the same ring at the same time. The Starks and Hobbs uh, didn't need The Factory and Nick Camaroto's uh, Tony D'Angelo cosplay. I wasn't all that impressed with the Madison Rain jade match. They seemed to not be on the same page for most of it. Uh, Jericho and Moxie was a lot of fun. Jericho sitting in the walls through an entire four-minute commercial break and only to move when the commercials were over was somewhere between unintentional comedy and a stroke of genius. Moxie's current run is the best work he's done in his career. He's benefited from the association with Regal and an unfortunate injury to CM Punk and has become the most important person in the company. His question, now that Punk's, Punk made his surprise return tonight and Punk versus Moxley should likely happen at All Out, would you rather keep the original plan and have Punk win or go with Moxley as your undisputed champion?
1: Hmm. It would make sense if, there, if that MJF thing, you remember him, if that ever comes into thing because clearly it's Punk, MJF is, would be the great story for that. But at the point it's going now after tonight, I'm definitely torn down the, the middle, but be cool, P-
2: punk winning in Chicago, and you know it's the confetti celebration and an MJF, yeah, jumps him to end the pay per view would True. be a big moment to go off the show with, and it ties back to MJF beating him in the sh- in Chicago as well. Yeah,
1: long. exactly. That's where I I do think going forward that sets up a whole great few months of story going in where Mox you can easily put him back with the bullet, uh, sorry, combat club and all that stuff. <laughs> but after watching tonight where Mox just flipped him off,
3: I was like, yeah. I, I mean, is it root for it, you? It is very quick, though, so coming back from this injury as well. Yeah. And would you want to maybe put the title on him? Like, I guess they they must think he's good to go, but like the risk of something happening again right away—true—could maybe deter. You. Just no buckshot. But there, I think it's... there is more story that they've obviously planned out all these stories for Punk with this title reign. It was and it was cut early, so I think it makes most sense to go with him.
2: Yeah, I I think it would be really tough to beat Punk in Chicago a second time uh, after they did it with with MJF, but um, I, I still think it's like it's it's going to be an intriguing match that I think you know if if they build this up well, which I, I feel the promos will be pretty strong that you know, you'll, you'll have that suspension of disbelief. I think you got a bit of that with Jericho tonight, and I think that's going to be even more so for, for Moxley in, in that match. So um, you have a lot of options, and they have set up qu- quite a bit, and probably much of it was put on hold this summer with Punk's injury. Uh, but that was all the feedback, so thanks to everybody for submitting at forum.postwrestling.com, and uh, thank you to you guys uh, for joining me uh, once again. How did you enjoy week two?
1: Oh, right? we're having a blast, yes. John. We love hanging out with you. We're gonna be doing it soon in person. We go to Monday Night Raw. We'll have a few cold ones. You have your, you've tried a white claw, right? I've give, we've given you white claw before. Have to try, um, maybe they'll have when them. you
2: guys came over last summer, I specifically bought white claws for you guys, um, because I tried one and it's um it it it, it is not uh, connected with me. But it's I'm
1: it's not old, J. R. So. Bourbon. Hmm.
2: No, no, yeah. but a few things are.
1: Uh, <laughs> um, we're we're, we've had we've had a lot of fun, and we're excited to do a, a few other shows, and we're excited to go to some wrestling with you too.
2: All right. Well, uh, do follow all of their fine work. Uh, you can find them at Up Next Podcast. Where, where's the best way to to follow everything?
1: Yeah, I mean, hey, uh, if you still use Facebook, there's a Up Next page, but then it can lead you to the Up Next group where we'll let you in and we share all sorts of stuff about the show and memes and all that stuff. But uh, Twitter at Up Next Podcast, and then. Uh, I, myself, uh, Brayden Harrington. You can find me Twitter, Instagram. I'm at TheBrayD.
3: And I'm at Davey Portman.
1: And for all the other podcasts, the Up Next feed, we got all these free shows, the Up Next and Shot in the Dark and some other random free ones. But then if, yeah, uh, you want to check us out, we have patreon.com slash Up Next for all these other shows. Retro NXT, we're doing Heat Wave 98. We got a Best Match Ever, Rey Mysterio coming out. Uh, Rumble in the Bronx review. We just did a Man of Steel review as well. We're all over the place uh, on that on that map and any Toronto listeners I just remembered I'm going to be going to demand lucha uh, next week I think August 18th so if any Toronto people are thinking of going to go and see some wrestling Effie is going to be there everyone's favorite and gringo local there, so there's I'm, a
2: ton of like independent wrestling coming yeah. up here over the next few weeks like Greek Town's doing another big show with uh with Eddie Kingston yeah on the card um you've got house of
3: black is coming house of black's coming to my to his work yeah. so
2: the, 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 smash the, is uh they just came back last weekend in London and they're doing a Toronto show next month. So like the independent scene is really kind of ramping up here uh, yeah. in town. So, yeah, so and, I- and all of that's around like a uh, WWE coming here, AEW coming here. So there's quite a lot over the next uh, mm-hmm. two, two months when it comes to local wrestling here in Toronto. Yeah.
1: So if you are in the area, like feel free to, to reach out to us. Our DMS are always open and uh, we'll be, we'll be hanging around and going to some of these shows as well. But uh, yeah, thank you, John. The pleasure is all ours. We love chatting about wrestling and, Uh, chatting with you and and one one time I got to do it every week it seems like but all the blessings to Wei Ting who just just sitting around playing with Lego yeah
2: Well. You you just wait as all the the plans were put on hold and then we're going to be, we're going to have five minutes left at the end and then the waiting music is going to hit and he's just going to come run roughshod over all these, these guest co-hosts. You just wait for the big waiting return comeback and then he's going to stare at me as I will, uh, I will give the middle finger and, and walk off knowing that I'm only the interim, uh, person wow. here in the in this whole equation but he's holding
3: uh, his child up like simba <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes yes simba we ch- ting oh, we thought we, he was gonna name them s, s- ting so it'd be sting, sting.
2: <laughs> on that note that concludes the show we'll see if these guys are back next week thank you everybody
0: good night